for today comes from Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20 of the New Revised Standard Version. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. May God bless our reading and hearing of the scripture. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us from the Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. So, those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Awe came upon everyone because of the many wonders and signs that were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together, and they had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and, and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. May God bless the reading and hearing of the scripture. Thanks be to God. So, prayers, presence, gifts, yeah. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. That's the membership vow that we take as United Methodists. When, when you join the church, we ask, as members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? It, it, is, it is who we are. And so as we talk about this topic of stewardship, as we often do in the fall, uh, we're not talking just about what we do with our finances and, and do we make sacrificial gifts to the church. That's part of it. We'll get there. It's part of the series. But it's really talking about what we do with our lives <clears throat> and do we have a stewardship of our lives that we are, are claiming and, and participating in. That's, that's really what's before us today. And so we talk about the church, and it's like, well, will you support the church with your presence? And that sounds kind of easy. You know, will you show up? Okay, sure, I'll show up. Done. And, you know, can we move on to the next topic now? But it's not really that easy. Because being present is more than just showing up. I, I don't know if you have ever had to attend a meeting that you really didn't want to attend. And, and, and you've gone to that meeting and, and anybody looking at the physical reality in the room would say, oh yeah, Neil was present. No, he wasn't. You know, you've been there. You, you have attended. You are physically in the space, but you're not engaged. You're not you're not present, your mind is elsewhere, you've got other things going on. That happens to us often, I'm sure, in church. 
the pastor stands up and we get a case of, oh, there he goes again. And we kind of check out and start wondering, you know, why it was that, that neither team could score yesterday in the football game. You know, we, 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 start, we, we, we start thinking about something else because we've got other things to think about. And we don't stay totally present in the moment. And so it's not just a matter of us saying that, yeah, we will physically show up from time to time if we are going to be present in the life of the church. It means that we're going to show up and we're going to be engaged. We're going to be involved. We're going to be present with the people around us. It's easy for us to check out and to not be fully present. But presence is also more than that. It's more than just physically being here, and it's more than just mentally and intellectually and, and emotionally being here. Present is also making room for the other. It's not just that we have found a space for us, but it's being present in such a way that someone else can find their place as well. You see, when we look back at the early church, and we read, in the early church we hear that they held all things in common. They held their possessions together. That is foreign to us. You know, we start talking about any kind of, of, of social issue that we have, and if we come to any kind of a joint understanding of, of how we might deal with that, somebody in our culture screams socialism, socialism, and, and it's supposed to be, you know, everybody for themselves and everybody fend for yourselves, and that's what makes us who we are. And the early church, they weren't socialists, they were communists. They lived in community. That's where communism gets you, community. They, they held all things in common. They, they sold their possessions and they, and they held them in common and they would give to one another as they have need. Now, there are, way, there are reasons that the church abandoned that model after time uh, because it didn't necessarily work for all people and in all places and there were individuals who took advantage. And so, no, we do not ask you when you join the church uh, to sign all of your possessions over uh, to the common body. That's not what we do. But there are things that we do hold in common, and they're not ours as individuals. They are ours as a community. That's what it means to be church, is to be a community. But too often, we talk about things in the church, and we're talking about, well, me. You know, and, and, and what do we mean? Well, you know, worship times. Man, that is the third rail of living in church, talking about moving one of the worship services. Man, will that not cause grief? And, and, and people throw a fit because people like the times the way they are, you know, and they like them the way they are because, well, they're the ones who are presently coming. And, and, so, and so people like things the way they are and it's like, well, this is how I like it. This is what I prefer. This is what I want. And we have to stop and ask ourselves, well, what makes room for the people who aren't here yet? Because it's not just about us. It's about the us who aren't us yet. It's about the we who aren't we yet. Because, because it, it's, it's not the place for someone else yet, but we want them to be here. And so we have to sometimes look at changing 
who we are and how we are so that we might continue to be what we are. I mean, we're going to continue to be the church. We're going to continue to be the people of Jesus Christ. We're going to continue to be the people of good news and grace. We're not giving that up. That's not going anywhere. But how we do it it might need to be up for grabs from time to time. You know, I, I do hope that we will decide that, that it makes sense for us to move the Saturday service to Sunday and have a Sunday evening service. And, and, and the rationale behind that uh, is pretty simple. Depending on the Sunday, our attendance has fallen off by one-third to one-half since, since Husker football has started. You know? I'm not telling you it's a bad thing to root for your college team. You know, I'm glad that, that the Chiefs game today is a night game so I don't miss it for the matinee this afternoon. You know? I, I root for my team, you root for your team. I mean, I, absolutely. But the reality is that, well, there are Saturday evening conflicts that, you know, people are going to go to the game or watch the game or listen to the game. and. And Sunday morning, Sunday morning culturally isn't what it used to be. You know, most of us who are over 40 can remember a day when, you know, church was the only show in town on Sunday morning. There, there wasn't anything else open. There were, no, there were no Sunday morning sports. There were no Sunday morning stores open. There, you know, if, if anything opened, it didn't open in, until one, you know. And now that's not the case anymore. And we can sit around and we can talk about that all we want. And we can bemoan the fact of, you know, it used to be, it used to be that Sunday mornings were set aside. It used to be there was no competition. It used to be, and you know what, maybe that's the way it still should be, but it's not, and it's not going back. And so as much as we want to bemoan that fact, as disappointed as we are in that reality, it is the reality, and I'm sorry to say, it's not a new reality. It's an established reality. It's been that way for a long time, but we as a church continue to function as if, well, you know, everything is still closed until at least 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. And that's not the world we live in. Now, I would also hope that, that we can come up with better reasons for people to come to church than, well, there's nothing better to do, you know? I mean, we had that going for us, but hopefully we've got something going on so that we can say this is this. Well, you know, there are no other options on Sunday morning, so you might as well come be with us. But we, in being present, it's not just about being here at the time and sitting in the pew where we are comfortable. I have literally seen people say, excuse me, would you mind moving down? This is my spot. It has happened. It has happened. For us to be present in a way that doesn't say, this is my church and I dare you to change it. But to be present in a way that says, hi, I want to share this church with you. And if we have to, we'll change it a little bit to accommodate your needs. If it works to move the Saturday evening service to Sunday night, what does that do? I don't know. It could fall flat. It could, it could do absolutely nothing. And we have to understand that anytime we make a change, it, it, it might not work out for us. But one thing that it could do is that, well, people who have Sunday morning sports, if you're not in the last tournament of the, of the day, if you've, got, if you've gotten uh, eliminated at some point during the day, you're probably free by 530 on Sunday. 
Um, if you've gone out of town and gone camping for the weekend and, and you're out doing something, well, maybe you're back in town by 5.30 on Sunday. You know, I, I don't know if you realize this or not. I mean, I think a lot of times we assume that the initials UMC stand for United Methodist Church, but in reality, UMC stands for upper middle class, right? I mean, we have the means to travel. And so people are gone on the weekends. And, and in my lifetime, I have seen the change in definition. I mean, there was a time when if I would say to you, what do you consider to be an active church member? What, what, how often do you need to attend church to be an active church member? And most of us would have probably said three to four Sundays a month, you know? That being active in church means that you're there at least 75% of the time. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a good solid C. That's passing. It's not, it's not stellar, but it's not, you know, but yeah. You know, if we're there three Sundays a month, we're doing good. Well, the reality has changed because people's lives have changed. We have cars that are reliable. And we can go drive and not worry about getting broken down on the highway on the way back. And we have people who live in all sorts of different places. And so, you know, his parents live in Lincoln and her parents live in Omaha and they live here. And so what do they do? They go one Sunday a month to his folks, one Sunday a month to her folks, and another weekend a month they're doing a family activity and they're doing good to be here once a month. And there is a generational change where there are people who, for whom it is a commitment for them to be here once a month. They put forth effort and make sure they can be here once a month. Sounds foreign to us. What do you mean? How can that take commitment? It's a different world. And so we have to have different opportunities for people to be present. And maybe, just maybe, if we can do Sunday evening, it's a chance for people to come back in and catch church at the end of the weekend and not have to choose between grandma and grandpa and church. Maybe they can do both. Being present is, is not just saying, this is my church and this is what I like and this is how I like it, but it's being willing to share what we have with others and making accommodations for them, even if that does mean a certain amount of sacrifice on our part. Whatever we give up, it, it's not as much as, as the church once asked of its members. Again, we're not asking you to empty your bank account. We're not asking you to sign over title to your house. Um, you know, we're just asking you to maybe share this space and this time with somebody else in a way that is more accessible to them where they are. When we talk about the, the, the presence piece in this lesson from Acts, you know, it talks about some specific activities. It said that the church, that they, were, they were in fellowship. Well, we're having a meal today. We're doing okay on that one. In fact, most of the time the church does kind of all right on fellowship. You know, we've got men's group. We've got women's group. We've got, um, um, we've got folks who get together and, and, and sip coffee in the mornings um, during the week. We've got... Uh, uh, coffee between services. We've got a fellowship meal today. I'd say if there's anything that we're doing kind of okay on, it's probably fellowship. But it also said that they devoted themselves to the disciples' teaching. Well, what would we call the disciples' teaching? Well, we would call that the New Testament. Um, you know, how much time are we spending in Bible study? Our Sunday school classes for adults have fallen by the wayside. 
Part of being present is being active, not just showing up, but being active in study and being active in conversation and not just that casual conversation of, did you see that ball game yesterday or did you hear the preacher sing in that show or whatever the conversation may be? It's a conversation about the issue at hand, which is being the church. And are we in Bible study and are we in Sunday school and are we allowing people who challenge us to to, to engage us and, and have serious conversation so that we might be moved beyond our comfort zone because sometimes we have to change our mind not only on you know the structure of the church and the worship times or the style of music or the style of service. Sometimes we have to change our mind on certain issues. We have to decide that maybe the time has come for me to give a little because well, grace. We need to be willing to be challenged, to hear things that make us a little uncomfortable. You know, you don't have to ever agree with, with, with Bridget or with me. We're not going to say, oh, they disagree with me. You know, no. You know, we ask you to, to, to hear us out, to, to be willing to be challenged. Sometimes we do say things that are, you know, a, a, a little bit bigger than they necessarily need to be to try to get somebody's attention to, to think, well, maybe, maybe I should move or change just a little because it's hard. It's hard to do things different because we look at church and it's, it's that one great bastion of things that don't change, you know? And we want... We want something in our life to be consistent. The whole world is in upheaval. Everything's changing around us. Surely, surely church could remain constant. But it never has. It never has. Church has always been in flux. Church has always been in change. You know, people move out here and they build themselves a little wood frame church and then they build themselves a bigger church and then they build themselves a bigger church and originally they didn't have any instruments and then somebody saved up for a piano and then somebody saved up for a pump organ and then somebody decided that you can't have worship unless you got an organ in your church and then, oh, stained glass, you know, we got to have stained glass you know, and all these things changed. This was all change. And when we think about church, we probably think back to some grandiose idea in our mind that really isn't reality. When we think back to the history of the church, we're not thinking back to the history of the church. We're thinking back with nostalgia. We're remembering things as being better than they were. You know, it would just be simple if things were the way they were. Oh, you mean back in the days when women couldn't sit on the trustees and women couldn't be pastors? Are those the, are those the good old days we're talking about? Or, or are we talking about good old days when we had uh, white folks and persons of color in different jurisdictions so that we'd never have a black person in a white church or never have a white pastor in a black church? We, are those the good old days we're talking about? Because if they are, I want no part of them. Sometimes we look back with nostalgia and we remember the things that were good, but we forget the fact that every generation has had its struggle. Every generation of the church has had its issue. Every generation of the church has broken in a new hymnal. Every generation of the church has had to struggle with the same issues over and over and over again because we're a community and we sometimes don't like to change. So we need to be studying the apostles' teaching. We need to be in Bible study. We need to have study together. Uh, we need to have Sunday school together. We need to do something more than sip coffee and gossip. That may sound hard, 
but we need to do better. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread. Yeah, we got that. We're, we're, to the prayers, yeah. You know, do we, have, do we have a prayer group that gets together during the week? Do we have a group of just prayer-minded people who comes together and they, they take the joys and concerns that have been passed in and they pray over them as a community? Not everybody is, is, is a prayer in that way. Not everybody's going to want to come and be part of a prayer circle, but you know, we should have it. It should be there for those of us who feel that calling to be able to come and to pray together, to, to, to do those things that the early church was doing. You know, the early church, they didn't have the burden of what we've always done before. They were the first church. They didn't have anything to base it on. Being church was new, being church was different, being church was innovative, and the idea of this is what we've always done before, you know? We did this 30 years ago, it worked, so we did it a second time. After we did it a second time, it became a tradition, and we've done it every year since. Well, they didn't deal with any of that in the early church. They were just dealing with how are we together as community? How are we together as an extended family? How are we together in fellowship? How are we together in study? How are we together in prayer? And how are we together in worship? And by focusing on those things, the scripture says that God added to their number daily those who were being saved. We want to go back to a time when the first thing people did when they hit a new town was to go looking for a church. That time's not coming back. We want to go back to a time when, when on Sunday morning there was no competition for people's time. It's not coming back. What we instead have to do is we have to build relationships with people outside these doors. We have to act like the church outside these doors. We have to care about folks as if we're the church outside these doors. And then maybe, just maybe, when we invite those people to come, they say to themselves, I want what she has. I want what he has. I want to have that kind of spirit. I want to have that kind of outlook. I want to have that kind of hope. I want to have that kind of positive influence in the community. Yeah. You know, if we're asking somebody, would you like to come and sit through, you know, an hour of Sunday morning worship, songs you might not know and a sermon you might not understand? Well, maybe, maybe that's not the selling point. But do you want to come be part of an organization that's making a difference in our community? Do you want to come be part of an organization that's thriving, that's alive, that's growing, that's, that's, that, that's changing, that's, that's going to continue to change? Do you want to be a part of a group of people who in the name of Jesus Christ is loving children at Grand Elementary? Do you want to be a part of a community that in the, in the name of Jesus Christ is serving our neighbors? That's the kind of thing that people might just say yes to. And maybe, just maybe, God will add to our number those who are being saved. Amen.